Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, Megan Hall, psychology grad student, spouse, mom, and advocate for change. On this podcast, I provide a space for women to share their stories. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today and enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone. Today, I'm here with Amy. So Amy, good friend of mine that I met in college, uh, she, <laughs> we were joking around and she started off with her dating profile. She was ready to be on a dating show. So she's single and ready to mingle. She is a BBW, big breasted woman, not a big black woman. Um, not that there's a problem with either one. Uh, she's a retail minion trying for better things. And then she tells us what, you know, her, her real bio. Although I feel like we should, you know, just take that into consideration in case anybody is looking for a big busted woman, you know, any woman is looking for a big busted woman. We got to make that clear, very clear. So Amy is a 40 year old woman still trying to figure her shit out. Who's not, I mean, you know, I'm not far from 40. So, you know, I'm right there with you. She got her first bachelor's in history education at the University of Delaware and immediately knew teaching wasn't the right fit. I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. She worked in sales for more than 12 years, traveling several times a year and making lots of money. (laughs) And then life happened and she went back to school, obtaining a second bachelor's degree in psychology. Now she's working on her master's in health psychology while barely making any money. But being the best dog mom ever, uh, hilarity regular ensues during classes with moi. And a solid is being done now because you are awesome. Huzzah! Huzzah. (laughs) Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. We've been discussing it for a while and you're like, I don't know what I'd come on and talk about. I'm like, we talk about all the shit, all of it, like, you know right from the very beginning we talked about all the shit it was yeah. like hi i'm megan hi i'm amy and then boom yeah we are mentally ill yay yeah. we're friends now <laughs> let's great. have a circle of hand holding and dancing while we celebrate <laughs> i feel like our little circle of friendship is just a bunch of people with mental illnesses just mm-hmm. trying to make life work it's great because 100%. then you know you can relate to each other mm-hmm. So, yes, we met at school. I didn't mention the school because people don't need to know that. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, if I have any of our professors on, it'll be easier to figure out because you can just Google them. Um, But, you know, that's a possibility. Some of them are interested. So it'll be great. But, yeah, we met at school. We became fast friends. And, uh, Now I have convinced you to come on, especially because you are an avid podcast, the Inspired Women podcast listener now. I am. Big fan. I talk about it to all the people and I'm trying to convince some other people to come on who I find very inspiring, even outside of our school. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like Voldemort, you're welcome to your youngest. To the princess. 
uh, Amy got to meet my kids this past weekend. Um, so they became big, our uh, big fans. My spouse even said, I like her. And I was like, can you see why we're friends? And he was like, yeah, cause you're practically the same person. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? No way. <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit. So Amy, we're not on here to talk about our wonderful friendship. Uh, actually, I said I would love for you to share with us. You came out later on in life. I, I did. Wanted... I, was, I was 34. Yeah. So and you've only been out for six years. Uh, and so I would like you to share with us, uh, take us back before that. Like, when did you start to realize, uh, maybe I like the ladies? Oh, 100%. 1995, when I was 13, While You Were Sleeping and Speed, starring the gorgeous Sandra Bullock, came out. And that's when I knew. Like, I was like, holy shitballs, Sandra Bullock. And back in the 90s, that was when language was much different than it is now. And it was acceptable to use. Not, well, let me rephrase. It was socially acceptable to use words that we wouldn't even think about using now and I can remember clear as day sitting in the back seat of the car going on and on about well is Sandra Bullock's hair prettier you know when it's long and she mm-hmm. like it wasn't while you were sleeping or was she prettier when it was short like in speed and my father turning around and going what are you a fucking dyke mm-hmm you can beat that out if you need to, but that was part of the vernacular. This is explicit. And, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I know that it's an extremely offensive word when you're not using it as a piece of like. I think you know, the, the way you said it whatever. was in con- like, hey, this was said to me, not that it you are calling people. Yeah. Correct. Not it's that you're calling people quote. that. Yeah. And I will say that my father is now my biggest supporter. So. That definitely stuck in my head. I was raised in a very small town. I had 74 people in my graduating class. Um, The school itself, my high school had fewer than 500 people. My sister's class was the first year that had over 100 graduates and who knows how long. So are we the same person? Because that's exactly the same for me. Mine was 75 and my sister's was the first class to be over 100. (laughs) like it's kind of scary um and it's super all white upper middle class everything and it's still pretty much the same here so anything beyond being white and cisgender just no and hetero just just no it didn't happen there wasn't like a gay straight alliance until after I graduated from high school So there was nobody around me to really look at as supportive or positive. And I can remember when Ellen came out on her TV show, sitting there watching it, terrified that my family would look at me and go, oh yeah, you. And I mean, I was a teenager. So I knew... I knew before I was 13, but that's really when it stands out. And being raised in the Catholic church did me no favors. Did me absolutely zero favors. So it was super important to me 
to not be looked at differently. Mm -hmm. And even I left Connecticut and I was miserable. I was the most miserable human being. I was just like in constant pain. By the time I came out, my hair was actually falling out because I was so stressed. Mm. My back hurt. Like I had doctors being like, all right, well, maybe we should take x-rays. What's going on? And it was stress. Mm -hmm. It was just simply the stress of it. But growing up in the area that I did and being surrounded by such vitriol about Mm -hmm. it didn't, it did nothing for me. And, you know, I went to University of Delaware, didn't know a single person. I was able to completely reinvent myself and be my true self if I had wanted to be. I was too afraid to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that was still the Catholic rhetoric, rhetoric just yeah. dancing in my head. So, and I had friends that were definitely lesbians. And I would think, hmm, maybe, just maybe. Yeah. They, and I can remember saying to somebody, well, they always say, you know, college is the time for girls to experiment and it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And the response was something that just completely went against that of, oh, no, no. I was actually engaged to a guy briefly, like no ring, but like, yeah. we're, we're engaged type conversation. Um, And then nobody could figure out why I was single for so many years. I kind of dated a guy for a while after I moved back up here. Um, but like, it doesn't really count. And then I just couldn't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. I knew, and I would have that internal argument with myself where I would say, oh yeah, that girl and being a lesbian, whatever. And then I'd be like, no, Amy, you're not a lesbian. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, all that stuff. And then I was actually at my friend's house and he's you know, married and this wonderful person who I adore. And I went and spent the day at their house, hanging out with him and his kids and helping him with stuff, um, in the house and in the yard and whatever. And when I left there, it was new year's day, actually, I think. And I started crying on the way home and was, I had enough. So I immediately signed up on match and plenty of fish and all of the websites, (laughs) uh told people I only told a couple of people nobody was surprised except for a lesbian couple I knew they were surprised but we no longer <laughs> so when you oh! read that thing on Facebook oh yeah 136 oh. comments of hatred oh my god that was Amy was like you have to because we were talking about people who belong in marge have marginalized identities that support uh political candidates who are completely against those identities basically and she was like do you need to read this post that i posted and oh my god that was a shit show that was a, shit, a shit, show. shit show oh my god and it mm-hmm. was just like the the Kool-Aid had been drank because it was literally the verbatim, the word vomit we hear all the time about the same stuff. And we're not going to go into it. People know where I stand on that. And they had texted me a link called, it was, I think it was like Lesbians for Trump. Is the <laughs> website. And I was just like, no, no, no. Just, and the Amy of 10 years ago, you would not recognize today because I- Same for Megan it. 10 years ago. Well, yeah, exactly. I hid 
so deeply within the Republican Party. I had a coworker tell me I should have been part of the Tea Party. Where I was working, they actually shut us down for a couple of days and had us call the Republicans in that town over the age of 65, offering them free rides to the polls if they promised to vote for Trump. So when you're surrounded by that in your home and in your places of work, it's very easy to hide behind it and make excuses and just parrot and spew all these things that are horrific and meaningless. And Mm -hmm. as soon as I came out, the weight that was lifted off of my shoulders was immediate. And I told the people at that company I worked for and was shocked at how supportive they were. Wow. I was, I can't say a lot of great things about that company, but the way they embraced me with that and supported me was beyond any expectation I could have possibly had. And I'm lucky for that. My whole coming out situation ended up being much better than so many other people's. And I know how lucky I am because I was living with my parents and I was terrified I was going to be kicked out of the house. Yeah. Even though I knew they had been to gay and lesbian weddings and were more open and supportive. um, It's still different when it's your kid. Yep. Or a family member or whoever it is. And I've never been a sharer in my home, which is probably why I'm an oversharer everywhere else I go. Megan's eating, just so everyone knows. Y'all, are you guys? I'm muted. I'm muted. <laughs> but she almost choked. I did. Um, before I hopped on, I, I was trying a new recipe. And it was my turn to cook. We take turns. Um, and it oh, took a lot longer God. than it was supposed to. And so I'm texting Amy, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be like a couple minutes late. And then I come up and get on Zoom, and I'm like... I'm going to be eating. I know that's gross, but I'm hungry. It's now, not a gross eater, so it's okay. No, I'm only doing this because you're my friend, and I know I can get away with it. If it I was a stranger, yeah, if it was a stranger, I would not be eating. Oh, no, I fully support it. 100% fully <laughs> support it. <laughs> but so you're actually not this quiet when people are talking either. No, I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to eat. <laughs> continue on Amy (laughs) so I knew at that point um I have a friend from college whose family owns a cabin in the Berkshires and I had some time off and I told my family I was going to go up to their cabin that they had invited me to use it total lie because in reality I had booked a weekend and then um a bed and breakfast up in Provincetown but I didn't want them to I actually took out a P.O. box in the next town over from where I live so everything would be sent there and it wouldn't be seen here in the house that I live in because I'm back there again. So anyway, I met this woman who was, we are no longer together and we are now good friends. It is good that we are apart, but she was the best possible person for me. Mm-hmm. When I came out, I really credit her for helping me preserve my relationship with my grandmother. No, I, yes. <laughs> have met, my grandmother turned 101 years old on August 7th. 
She still lives independently. She is still sharp as a tack. She is she a feisty me, lady. So she's probably like four foot six and just terrifying and amazing and wonderful and everything. A woman has been through some serious shit. She has. She came and talked to our um, psychology of women. Was it women's psychology yeah. class? Holy moly, that lady has some stories. Stories. Yep. If she wasn't... Um, it takes her a very long time to tell a story. Uh, so that's why she's not coming to the podcast <laughs> because what is going to take Amy like 45 ish minutes to tell, it would take her grandmother like two to three times. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And who the hell knows what she would spout off about. Either. Yes. Go, so. go and tell us, tell us about that. Oh. You were going to tell us about your grandmother <laughs> when you came know. out. <laughs> to back up so I everybody knew I called my mom's best friend and was like I don't know what to do I called my aunt who lives nearby and we met for coffee and so I called like everybody knew except for my parents and my sister and my grandmother and obviously my girlfriend so I decided at that point I was going to Provincetown I lived with them I have this girlfriend I should probably say something. So I was on my lunch break from work and I called them both at their respective works. And I said, hi, mom. She's like, hi. I said, you know, how's it going? She's like, all right, what's going on? And I was like, so how would you feel if one of your kids was like gay or lesbian or bi? And she's like, are you trying to tell me something? And I hear her tell her coworkers to go away because she, <laughs> she's at work. And so I was like, well, yeah, I just thought you should know I'm actually going to Provincetown and not the Berkshires with my girlfriend. I got to go. Bye. And she's like, oh, no, wait. So she's like, you do need to tell your father. I said, I know. And they're still together, which is, I know, rare. But um, so I called him at work. And literally the conversation, this is how fast I spoke. I go, dad, it's Amy. He's like, Hey, what's up? I'm like, I just want you to know that I just hung up with mom and I told her that I'm a lesbian and I got to go by. <laughs> he's like, wait, wait, wait. I said, I got to go. I'm at work. And he's like, I am too. I have one question. And I said, and I thought he was going to say, where are you going to go live? And all he said was, are you happy? Aww. And I said, I've never been this happy. And he said, that's all I want. Aww. And I mean, to be honest, he always wanted a son. So I'm close enough. <laughs> like it just works. So I've been very lucky. My sister was immediately on board, not shocked. My cousins, one of my cousin's girlfriends thought I was, we went to high school together and she knew back then. She's like, oh, I always thought Amy was a lesbian. This is not news, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty much the, the main theme of everything. And then I didn't tell my grandmother and I posted pictures of my ex and I in Provincetown and all that stuff on Facebook because she doesn't have the internet and who would tell her? And apparently one of my cousins did. Oh, <clears throat> so. And I do feel badly that she didn't hear it from me directly. Mm -hmm. She has a really hard time with it. Um, she is very deeply religious roman catholic watches mass all day on tv prays the rosary several times a day but 
has worked very hard to understand and accept me for who I am. She doesn't like it, but she loves me. And as long as I'm with somebody who treats me right and is good to them, she will work with it. Mm. She adored my ex, still talks up and her son, absolutely love them. And so one day she calls me and she's like, you know, I, I don't mind that you live with a woman, but why do you got to do all that sex stuff? <laughs> and starts going into explicit detail about what she thinks happens. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like, ma, what is, what is this? And she's like, well, that's the only part I have a problem with. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I just don't find any excuses for anybody else out there. If, if this woman who was so staunchly opposed and holds tightly to those religious ideals that I am going to help. Yeah. And find a way to move around that and ask questions about other people and all these questions and things and whatever else and really work at being accepting. There's no fucking excuse for anyone else. Like, yeah. Just not any excuse. When somebody says, oh, I'm just old, which I've heard from my mother about my, or I haven't heard, I don't talk to my mother. I have heard that my mother has said about my trans nephew. Not recently. I guess she's become a lot better, according to my sister. I don't really care. I just care for my nephew. I just want her to respect him and his, you know, Mm -hmm. name and pronouns and all that. That's all I care about. Otherwise she can go do whatever. Um, anyways, she would tell my sister, well, you know, I'm older and I have a hard time with it and blah, blah, blah. blah. And now we're talking about your 101 year old grandma who was in her nineties when I came out. Yeah. And, you know, I brought my ex's son to visit her recently and she was thrilled. She was so happy. And it's just there's no excuse so I mean at the end of the day staying in the closet for as long as I did was very damaging to my body very Mm -hmm. damaging to my mental health and it damaged a lot of relationships around me but it was what I needed but coming out was terrifying but the relief I felt was oh actually the first person I came out to was my primary care physician because she's a Mm -hmm. lesbian and I made an appointment and I get there and she's like, so what's going on? Cause they always ask you, what's it for? And I, I don't, I wrote, I don't remember what I wrote, but it was obvious. I wasn't sick. And yeah. she, I was like, so I have a question. And she's like, what's your question, Amy? It's like, where do I fall on your gaydar? <laughs> and she's like, well, do you want me to answer that honestly? Or do you want to tell me where you fall? And she ended up staying late and we talked for quite a long time and she made me feel safe. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends made me feel safe. And then I took all that safe feel, all those feelings of safety. I don't want to say for granted, but almost as what things are like now. And then I got fired because I'm gay. Yeah. Which are the things that happened in life that led me to going back to school. And no, nothing's in writing. No, I'm not going to tell anybody who it was. And no, a lawyer won't touch it. And yes, I did ask around. And that is all I'm saying other than yes, it happens. And it happened to me. Did I do anything overt? No, I put up a picture of my family at Mm. my desk as I was encouraged to do. And that was it. That was it. So 
it was a great thing. Led me to the path I'm on. I'm back with my friends at the company that I worked for for years. I've been there almost 16 years. I get to make my schedule around school. I'm supported. I'm treated well. And and <laughs> retail, I could write my entire thesis on how customers treat us mm-hmm. and the shift I've seen. But that's a story for another day. You did have one that was very adamant about you not having to be a lesbian. Wasn't that the other day you texted me and you were like, you oh had <laughs> No, that I don't have to worry oh, about you don't where have to I worry. live or anything like that because it, the United States is safe for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was convinced this guy is like homosexual or bisexual when a or some sitting Supreme Court justice says we should revisit this case that allows gay marriage to be a thing and yeah, you're safe yeah. totally safe totally safe and the other things he was talking about I'm like I don't want what you're smoking because it does not sound like a fun trip at all no. at all and they lace that shit with fentanyl <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I I typically won't talk about politics at work. It's not the mm-hmm. time or place. I'm yeah. there to sell clothing and fold things, amongst <laughs> other things. And um, but it was just really disappointing. And he couldn't wrap his head around how I wouldn't be safe in Mississippi or Texas. I told him I was contemplating looking at you know, PsyD or PhD, probably PsyD programs. And, you know, so, I mean, it's a guy I've seen many times over the past 16 years. So that wasn't abnormal conversation. And then he started talking about education, but yes, I am a super woke liberal. It's okay. Me too. Yeah. I mean, did you see the recent article about how Republican attorneys generals, a bunch of them in the United States are now trying to fight the Department of Education because the Department of Education said you cannot discriminate against students that are LGBTQ or you're going to get your federal funding removed. And now these attorney generals, these Republican attorney generals are suing the Department of Education to say, no, we should. It's not covered. We should be able to discriminate against LGBTQ. Students. We are moving backwards so, so fast, hard. so hard and so fast. I was actually talking to my kids. Um, uh, my spouse and I were talking to my kids. I don't say his name on the podcast, Amy. No, Amy gave fine. me such a hard freaking time because when we were in school, I kept saying my spouse, my spouse, and Amy is like, your spouse got a name. <laughs> And I was like, yes. And I told her, but um, yeah. And then I addressed him as high spouse name. <laughs> high spouse name. <laughs> Since you don't say his name, insert his name with name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I try to, I try to uh, respect his privacy because he is not as a uh, outgoing 100%. of an individual. I mean, you've met him. He is not out as outgoing of an individual as I am. But anyways, we were talking to the kids the other day. I forgot how it got brought up um but we were talking about being gay uh, uh there was a context it was relevant to something we had said 
Uh, oh, we were talking about friends and friends keeping things from us and blah, blah, blah. And he had a friend in the military who he found out was gay and his friend wasn't telling him. And he got really hurt because he was like, we are really close friends. And he didn't mm-hmm. tell me. And I approached him like after six months of knowing and said, hey, are you ever going to tell me? Because like, you know, we're friends and, you know, it's it, it's hurtful that you won't tell me. And I wonder if there's something I did. So the kids were like, well, why, why wouldn't somebody come out? Like, cause in their world, in this mm-hmm. accepting parental world they live in super yep. easy, right? To them, it's like no big deal. Like we come out, like if we come out, mom and dad are gonna be like, cool. And we had to explain to them that, you know, not everybody can come out because they're afraid of, you know, discrimination and how people are going to treat them and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, wow. And we said, you know, in our, our family, all we want is for you to be in a relationship with a consenting human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who, who treats Those are you very important things, very important things and human being, because the, there are definitely others that. Yes. You don't. And want. the third part is really important too, is we said somebody who treats you well and makes you happy, but also that you treat them well and make them happy. And they were like, okay, because to them, it's no big deal. Like, like my my son told me that he had a crush on uh, the Winter Soldier like two years ago. Like, he's just like, I think he's cute. And I was like, cool. Like, this kid has had a crush on everybody. He does not discriminate based on gender at all when it comes to his attraction to people. Or age. Hilarious. He has uh, told his teachers before he's had crushes on them, and we've had to explain how inappropriate it is for him to say that to his teachers. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are hilarious. Uh, but yeah, they they to them it's normal, and they forget I'm bisexual. I relevance to what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. My I grew up in a very similar situation. My mom, I, my parents would claim that they're very accepting of people who are gay. My mom even played on lesbian baseball or a softball team, but they would refer to them as carpet munchers and dykes and would make comments about, this is when I'm a little kid, okay? This is what I'm hearing. Make comments about their sexuality all the time. The uh, restaurant that was their sponsor was the Surf and Turf. So, yeah. So you can only imagine the kind of comments that were made, not just by my parents, but adults around me, right? People were constantly like, maybe your mom's a lesbian because she plays on a lesbian baseball team. There was only like two straight women on the entire team. Um, but anyways, so I'm hearing this growing up. I was about 13 as well, 13 or 14, when I realized I like girls too. Mm-hmm. So for me, I like I like all the people's. Obviously, I'm married to a cisgendered man. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I was 13 or 14 when I realized, but I stayed, I, I denied it oh so long, even though I had slept with women. Because, <laughs> like, you know, in college, it's acceptable to quote unquote experiment. So in my yeah. head, I was like, I was just experimenting. Mm-hmm. I, Greatest excuse of all. Yeah. My spouse knew I was bisexual before I would admit it to myself. Well, a couple of years ago when I started saying, you know what, maybe I'm bisexual. And like I said it to him and he was like, duh. Uh-huh. Like, 
I, because I'm, he knows all my past. There's nothing kept from him. I've told him because I actually had a really bad experience with my ex who told me I was disgusting for, for having slept with women. So that was a good time. Actually, I don't even know. He knew I slept with women. He knew I had kissed women. So yeah, great time. Uh, I'm not even going to go into which ex that is or why that's problematic right now. But anyways, um, so I told him because I wanted to push him away like immediately. I didn't want to prolong this. And then he finds out when drunk at night or some shit and then decides to get rid of me. He didn't care. Uh, and so a couple years ago, I'm like, I, babe, I think, I think I'm bisexual. And he was like, duh. And it still took me several years to officially come out to people yeah. and officially say it was like last year. And I was officially like, I just want everybody to know. I am a bisexual woman that doesn't change my marriage in any way, shape or form. That doesn't anything. It doesn't mean anything beyond that. I'm being my authentic self and telling you like, I'm attracted to women as well. So coming, coming out to myself was the hardest person to come out to mm -hmm. 100%. And I lost people in my life and the people I lost, I'm fine with one surprised me when she found out I was coming back to where I work. She said, I will not work here anymore. If Amy oh, wow. works here. And which just floored me because we were good friends. Right. And I don't need that kind of heat in my life. I have enough heat mm-hmm. in my life about other things. And it doesn't matter. Like we are who we are. Right. You know, very clearly watching Disney princess movies didn't do anything to, uh, make me any straighter than I'm am because I'm not right <laughs> and then you get the all those heterosexual movies then. didn't turn me heterosexual so no. please explain no. your logic there <laughs> right and you know I mean yeah I was with men and whatever but like no just no yeah no. <laughs> yeah I mean I obviously don't have that strong of a feeling towards disgust towards men but you know, we each have our own attractions. Yeah. Don't when yuck I, my yum. Don't yuck my yum. One of the professors at school knew that <laughs> in human sexuality. Um. <laughs> so my sister, when I told her after I, well, I came out and I told her, uh, you know, I can't, I told her before I came out officially in the white world. And she was like, I knew. I was like, how do you know? And she's like, you used to take showers with your friends when you were a teenager. She's like, who does that? Who does that? And I was like, well, not all of them did I make out with. And she's like, Megan, people don't just take showers with their friends. Like, that's just not a thing. No, <laughs> but I not. did. I was like, I thought it was just normal. People take showers with their friends. And she was like, no. <laughs> Special kind of friends. Special kind of friends. I mean, not, I mean, in my head, I did not think of it that way. I thought, oh, we both have to take a shower. You just take one together, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you were re- re- raised with religion in your life too. So yeah, I was baptized Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, played mm-hmm. a part. And I want nothing to do with it. I did go to my, my nephew's uh, baptism on Sunday and I went to church, which my grandmother said was a great birthday gift to her. But, you know, I mean, not for nothing. I read something along these lines somewhere that basically going to the Catholic church is you're watching a magician or a mystic who changes 
things in front of you for your weekly cannibalistic rituals. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's a good so time. What makes that, what makes that better than, <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't be the godmother because the people not Catholic. Said, no, well, I, I'm technically am, but I couldn't be the godmother because, and, you know, thankfully my sister made the decision to not ask me because it would put me in an awkward place paperwork said something to the effect of godparents must renounce all that is unholy and non-biblical and she went to the priest and none and said does that include homosexuality and they said yes oh and they said if a godparent is homosexual we will stop the proceedings and they will not be allowed to godparent. Oh, oh my God. By the way, my godmother is a lesbian. Uh, she had not come out as a lesbian when she uh, was deemed my godmother, but she is also another person who they would talk about after she came out. My grandparents, my parents, my whole family that made you think like, oh, maybe coming out is not a positive thing. I mean, my, my grandmother, it was her best friend. And she's like, I, I still love her, but you know, and they would talk about it. That's and the best. I still love her, but yeah. But. yeah, yeah, stick it up your butt asshole. So I do have a lesbian godmother. It can be a thing. I mean, you just can't tell them. My godson <laughs> has a lesbian godmother. I was a godmother at 16 and had a very brief few weeks of being uber religious and then was like, no, just now it's like the church I grew up in has a has a uh headstone that's dedicated to all the aborted babies oh that's lovely yard yeah Mm -hmm. I took a picture and sent it to people because they didn't believe me but yeah I believe it's disgusting it's disgusting so I just can't I just can't with it and yeah that's someone I don't even I don't even know like what the point of, you know, most of this kind of don't feel like an inspiring woman at all. You are an inspiring woman, Amy. Every woman is inspiring women. Yes. That's why you have to be kind to yourself. Yes, exactly. I actually am thinking about, uh, so somebody said she, she actually enjoys when I do solo episodes. I haven't done one in like over a year. Um, but she's like, I actually really like your solo episodes. She's actually known me my uh, for most of my life and I I met I met my spouse at her wedding so (laughs) I was like okay okay Uh, I'm not gonna mention her name either because again with if people aren't I don't I don't try I try not to mention names in case people aren't comfortable Mm -hmm. um but I did I met my spouse at her wedding and uh she was like I love your solo episodes I'm like maybe I'll do a solo episode about church trauma because like I have I have some stories to tell you i've mentioned it on the podcast before but man um i think people would be really horrified if it was like one episode that would definitely need a trigger warning because um i was a christian up until probably i got pregnant at 16 and then my very christian grandfather yeah uh, said that I should have an abortion. And my mom was like, I thought you didn't believe in that. And he was like, we can't have this stain on our family name. And she was like, well, her body, her choice. Uh, that's not how she said it, but she said, it's her choice. One of the 
few really good things I can give my mom credit for. Um, and I think that's because she didn't have a choice when she was pregnant with me. Um, and I think that's the reason she resents me. She's told me she thinks I ruined her life and her life's ruined because I was born. And, and I, and I honestly think it's because she wasn't given a choice. Now, I don't know if she was given a choice, whether she would have had an abortion, but the fact that that choice was taken away from her, I think Mm -hmm. has a lot to do with it, but she gave, so because of that, she gave me a choice. I had any choice I wanted to. She said she would support whatever I, I did. And so she was livid when somebody tried to tell me what I needed to do, especially somebody who is so hypocritical to be against something like abortion, but say, because it's their family, yep. it should happen. And I don't want to say people to think that I'm anti-religion, anti-being part of a community that's religious or spiritual or whatever. It's just not for me. You're an anti-cult. Right. right. And <laughs> when it becomes a cult-like. Yes. When it becomes cult-like or, you know, I just, it's stuff I don't believe in and I'm not going to try to push my beliefs on others. I'll try to educate them on things that are built with data or fact or evidence, Mm -hmm. but don't push your shit on me and then judge me for not accepting it. That's where my issue is. If you want to be part of all of that, great. Just don't stand there singing with your arms extended, looking like you're holding something in front of me. Don't need it. Don't want it. But I digress. Yeah. I don't understand why people can't just respect. And I love it when I can school people and be like, oh, but I was Christian for Mm -hmm. like almost two whole decades. When I was a kid, I went to church camp. I read that Bible quite a few times. I had to study it in it. What is it? Oh, when the kids, the little kids. Catechism? CCD? No, no, no. no. Little kids uh, go to like this little room and have to learn about the Bible and the stories in the Bible. Yeah. Catechism. Something something study. I don't know. Bible Bible study. study. Bible study. That's what it is. I did all those things and I've read it. Okay. It makes no sense. It's contradictory. It's like a good time. It's like, you want to, yeah, it contradicts itself. Nothing. It says nothing about guys. It says nothing. It actually says. It supports abortion. Yeah. It says don't throw stones. Mm -hmm. Don't throw stones. So if your hand's not clean, so all these people are up in here judging other people and telling them what to do, excuse me, unless you have no sin, which we all have sin. That's also in the Bible. Uh, Unless you have no sin, you you got no room. Got no room, according to the Bible. Yep. If you've got on mixed fabrics on your clothing, just stop right there. Yep. Can't mix cotton with whatever or whatever. There's so, there's so much, there's so much. Uh, it wow, just, this really turned turned a corner. It huh? does like a full 180 up in here, a full 180. But I mean, there are a lot of, I mean, religion is, you know, it it it's actually connects because there's a lot of religious people who are very judgmental of people yes. being in the LGBTQ. I've actually been told I was an abomination for being bisexual by a stranger on their net. It was a great time. And so I started quoting Bible verses to her and she didn't like that very much. She's like, I know Jesus. I'm like, Jesus would be ashamed of you. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And those were two of the people that I lost in my life. The same thing happened. And yes, I was looking the Bible verses up to verify my memory of them because I did the whole thing. I went to a catechism. We called it CCD or Bible study every week. 
Yep. I did my first communion and my confirmation and all that stuff. And I'm well aware of what it says and what it doesn't say. And don't take me for a fool just because my life doesn't match your expectations. Right. You're and a stranger. If you, if you actually read the history of the church, they haven't always been against these things. Right. Like haven't always been a, it's like a relatively new in the, in the, the length of time Christianity has been around. It is a relatively new phenomenon for them to be against half the shit they're against. Yep. So it's like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I don't like the cherry pickers. I don't like the people who are hypocrites. I don't like the people who like, you know, if you believe Jesus died for our sins, I should be fine. Even if you believe it, I'm sinning, whatever. And, and there's a lot, there's a lot. I could do a whole episode on this. Maybe I will about my feelings, which I'm fine. Like if you truly embellish this love, this Jesus love, all this stuff. I mean, he was literally killed because he didn't fit a stereotype, right? He didn't fit in. Literally killed. Right. He was, and not to mention all the whitewashing of him. Oh yeah. He's definitely not white. He's definitely not the way he looks hanging on the cross and all the churches. Half the, half the Bible are people that are not white. Correct. Yeah. So, and then they use the Bible to excuse or make excuses, I should say, for the whitewashing of things or the other bigotry and racism and hatred that they just some people spew i don't want to sound like i'm no i will say i know some pretty genuine christians who honestly love people they Mm -hmm. just want everybody to live a happy healthy fulfilling life like true like if christianity that was the majority of christians i would absolutely i mean i would probably still probably wouldn't be at one but i would be all for it like but I mean, that's only like maybe five to 10% of the Christians I know. Yeah. It's a very small percentage. Yeah, it is. It is. And I don't know. All I know is at the end of the day, do I regret coming out so late in life? I do, but I can't change it. I'm glad that I didn't stay closeted. Did religion play a part of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Did my fear of everyone around me play a part of it? Absolutely. We could talk for hours about underlying trauma that leads to fears of rejection and mm-hmm. not being accepted. So you roll that in with that piece of who I am. And it was just a train wreck shit show for 34 years. Um, How have you felt since you came out? Oh my God, like a different person in a good way, in a good way, able to speak my mind more and more open with people not my family so much because that's just we just don't talk about things but yeah we don't talk about bruno <laughs> I'm, that's playing in my head right now <laughs> you saw me look to the side like all yeah. right you're thinking it but uh, but you know i mean it's definitely had a profound impact on me and on others and my family and mm-hmm. I feel guilty a lot of the time for the stress that's caused others. Mm. I like to refer to that as my Catholic guilt that's so embedded in me. Yeah. And 
but I mean, my hair stopped falling out. I'm not in, I'm in, I mean, I'm in pain all the time because my body's a broken hot mess, but I'm not in that same stress. Pain. Yeah. Cause stress, it does, it affects your entire body. So I could do an entire episode with you about stress biological, psychological, see another one. It. We could talk all about your stress we could talk for hours about that. Yeah. I mean, I have a, a guest who, a previous guest who heard the, uh, the, the podcast PhD help. Oh, my, um, episode, which was <laughs> I, fantastic by the way. I enjoyed it very you. much. Uh, and she was just like, I know I've been on quite a bit, but you said like, anytime I want to come talk on something, just like to email you. And I was like, yeah, previous guests, if I like them, um, I always open up that invitation is like, if you have something else to like talk about, just message me, email me, whatever. Um, and she was like, I listened to your podcast episode and I would love to come on again. If you're open for it, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, come, That's come really on cool. again. Like I, I'm so Amy, if there's an, a, another story you'd like to share or a topic you'd like to you know I'm here for it I have so many stories and so many thoughts they just bounce around all the time but well ma'am we've been talking for a while now and uh it's that time it's that time you've listened to the podcast you know where we could talk forever about this quite Mm -hmm. literally most of the time when we're talking I actually recorded a podcast episode before this one earlier today and um it won't be airing until the middle of September because that's when her book comes out and so she's a second time podcast guest so y'all stay tuned because we talked about cults spoiler (laughs) alert spoiler alert she's been on before um so yes uh you know it's like we got to the end of it and she was like, I feel like we could talk about this for hours. I'm like, we absolutely could, <laughs> like, you know, yes. same with this. We could absolutely talk about it forever. But what would you like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? I've actually thought a lot about this. I know, surprise. And I think it's not so much to do with coming out, but more so that I never feel like I'm an inspiring person. And being kind to yourself really does do a tremendous amount for you. And that sometimes, yes, everyone beefs up their resumes and (laughs) whatever else and are really good at presenting themselves as these. And most women are. Everyone is amazing. But sometimes something as simple as putting one foot in front of the other, getting out of bed makes you one hell of an inspiring woman. Yes. For some people, that is the most difficult thing to do Mm -hmm. and it's not about the accolades and the letters at the end of the day we all bleed red blood yeah hopefully (laughs) but you know I'm here with open arms if you're a baby gay and afraid come to me come come to Amy Amy will guide you okay yes non-baby gays whatever but everyone can be inspiring I don't feel as if I am so I know it's completely sounds hypocritical in saying that but just put one foot in the front of the other I host this podcast and I don't feel inspiring we have talked about that so many times yes so secrets out I I host a podcast called the inspired women podcast and I don't feel like I'm inspiring 
Unless I am manic. And then I feel like I am the most amazing freaking human on the face of this planet. What I'd like to leave is that sometimes it's the smallest of things that are huge to the individual and to just be kind and consider that everybody's going through something and you don't know what it is and you don't know what kind of impact you can have on a person. Sometimes all it takes is a smile. And I mean, I told your the twins the other day that I used to smile at all the old people when I was super little because I was convinced they were going to die soon and you had to be nice. <laughs> so just smile at people. They might die soon. You don't know. It's, it's okay. Just make their day. Your smile might be the thing that they needed that day. It literally at times has been the thing that I needed is just to have a kind. Heck, I couldn't use a kind person today in Coles when they're judging my parenting skills. Oh, you, Yeah damn people yes and then like just be kind you see you see a frazzled parent just be nice you don't need to stick your old ass nose in there just compliment the kids when kids are being well behaved compliment them it works i do it at work all the time and the shift and the parents need that acknowledgement too yeah that their kids are okay i mean my my (laughs) kids had my kids had made it through Almost two hours in Coles, pretty oh. much behaving themselves. Oh, which I had taken three freaking kids, like clothes shopping, especially two of them being girls, one a teen girl and one a preteen girl. Holy crap. I'm, I'm just like, oh and my I gosh. Poor Cameron. He was just like oh. so bored out of his skull he took like no time at all to pick out his clothes the girls were whining and we're like i don't like these clothes i don't like how it looks i don't know uh it was just oh my gosh and so i was frazzled after being there so long and the kids had behaved so well until we get into you know line and the most boring part and they're checking out three children's worth of school clothes So you're talking about, I I usually let them get six shirts and five pairs of bottoms. So 11 things for each child, or 12 because they're shoes. So 12 things each child times that by three takes, yeah, 36 takes a while to scan it all. Kids are getting bored. They're poking each other. They're hitting each other. Nobody's crying, but these old ass bitches couldn't keep their nose to themselves. I'm a parent. Cool, ma'am. I may look young, but I've been a merit 19 years. I think I got this. And how did your kids turn out, ma'am? Because they are probably fucked. Yeah, my kid. Oh, her. I thought you were talking about me. And I was like, well, that's a whole other podcast. Well, that's a whole other podcast, but like, (laughs) no, kids are good. You're a good mom. I try. That's what Adrena's like. I love you so much, mom. You're the best mom in the world. I'm like, I try. And she was like, You don't have to try. I'm like, Actually, ma'am, I have to try very hard. Uh, That's half the battle. I have a mental illness. (laughs) But if you're trying, they know. It's when you don't try that it makes the difference. Exactly. Well, Amy, thank you so much for coming on the Inspired Women podcast today. This picks all the conversation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.